0: Hello and welcome to a brand new season of the Tigers Down Under. I am your host Alex, and with me I
1: have Dan. How are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm pretty good. It's been a, a very eventful, I'll uh, call it, uh, off season and, and transfer window so far. So um, I'm pretty excited to see how it all how it all plays out over the coming season
0: yeah i'm sort of amazed to think we're like well in some ways i'm amazed that we're already back around to pretty much like a week 10 days out from the season starting but then at the same time i'm like it does feel like a long time since we um had that game against Nottingham forest end of last season so uh it's certainly good to be getting back into the real thing pretty soon um hopefully everyone in england is keeping nice and cool it's uh, pretty much the opposite of a sweltering day over here which is why i've got the jumper on Uh, On my screen, Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone's keeping cool over in England. Um, Well, look, let's kick things off. We'll we'll start by talking about um, the transfer departures, just to sort of farewell our outgoing players before we look at some of those players that have come in, as you alluded to, Um, because we have seen a bit of turnover in the squad already um, in this um, off season. I mean, there's still six weeks of the transfer window to go as well, so there's still plenty more that could happen. but I guess the first ones were the uh, the players that were released from the club in uh, Tom Eaves and Richie Smallwood are probably the main two to touch on in that list um, when we released our retained list of players at the end of last season. Um, Eaves has sort of since signed for Rotherham, um, so you, we'll come up against him in the championship as well, and, and Smallwood signed for Bradford City, who funnily enough will come up against in the League Cup um, in the coming weeks as well. But... Um, What's your take on those two players departing? Is there any sort of sense of surprise that we, we haven't kept them as depth players or you just think, look, you know, sort of the writing was on the wall for them?
1: Um, I'm sort of like on a personal level probably like torn. I'm a bit, I thought they realistically they have been pretty decent servants uh, for the club over their time with us. You know, Smallwood was was really good as, as captain, uh, you know, it was one of those we've talked many times about. He seemed to be the player that we maybe didn't notice so much when he was uh, on the pitch for doing anything outstanding, but we really seemed to notice it, notice his absence. Um, so I think, I guess it really, I mean, if you say, well, we've replaced him with, with Sarri, um I mean, it's a fairly decent... Uh, it's a
0: sizable you know, upgrade, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. Um, so there's, you know, in, in and I think... I think he's been good so I don't think we'll miss I don't think we'll really miss him though um but I am sort of sad to see him go mm. um but yeah and I,
0: did you I did know. you see his comments because he sort of said something along the same lines as you he said I think it was only today or yesterday he did an interview where he sort of said I was a bit surprised there's no contract offer I only found out just before the list came out um and that basically like we, we, we lost every game that he didn't play this season, which I think was only like four games. So I don't think that's a huge sample size. But um, basically the comment that, yeah, we have kind of felt his his uh, absence when he wasn't mm. there. But I thought thought they were interesting comments. I mean, it didn't really hold back.
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's kind of been a bit, um, it's been interesting with the few players that have departed. There's been a couple of um, little sneaky swipes uh, at the new management um, in regards to contracts and, and things. So... Um, yeah, I hadn't seen those comments, but that's interesting. Um
0: I think I think for I, him particularly, it's fair enough because hmm. wasn't it? Was it Shotter who came out after a game and said, "Oh yeah, we're talking to him about a new contract," which sounds, sounds like it just wasn't true.
1: Yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's a few things that uh Shotter has has said, which would be interesting to see whether they're true. Because I remember, I was, you know, in t- talking about Eves. Uh, you know, he's apparently said that he wanted to keep Eves, but Dan Kessler overruled him and said, "No, we're getting rid of him. We're going to." Like you know, do better or whatever, but I thought you know, he would have been a perfect backup for you know, particularly now you've got uh, like Oscar's best opinion. Um, that like similar sort of you know, big strong player. You know, if you you know, if you just if you want if the game plan was working and you just wanted fresh legs but keep the same target man, then yeah. he would have been perfect to come off the bench. And I think he. Would have done a good job because I mean, at again, we're sort of the same problem we've had a few times in the last 12 or 18 months, being pretty light up in terms of the striker center forward options. So, I think Tommy's is probably one that surprised me. I thought he would have at least, yeah, even if it was just the, the you know 12 month extension or something, um, yeah, I probably thought he would have. I mean, but then interestingly, he's gone on. And he reckons he set himself what did he, set himself twenty goals, twenty goals yeah. goal for the season target or something. And he did he even get that many with us?
0: No. So what was it? Fourteen in the league and eighteen all up. Um, so yeah, it's an ambitious target. Um, um, look, I guess I, I I feel like he said something similar when he joined us. I feel like he said something like, you know, you've got to get on a run and start scoring goals, and that's what a striker's paid to do. And he did have a good scoring record at Gillingham. So. If he's in a side that's more set up to, to feed him the ball in ways that get him to score goals, maybe he can find that scoring touch again.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, hope hopefully it didn't really he never really seemed to set us alight. There's a couple of like brief like patches where he looked like he was going to get on a bit of a run, but it just never sort of really took off and every now and then he had a sensational game. You know, the the cup against Everton he was you just go like, How how's this the same player that's you know, like he loves I mean, a big game, yeah. yeah which you I mean, know, like,
0: which you know means he's going to be completely up for it when he plays against us, and he's going to do very well.
1: Probably. I mean, yeah. it'll probably continue the the long trend of ex players scoring against right. us. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, think, look, um, yeah, um, probably probably the other. Well, I guess the the more interesting player to depart. Well, a couple of them, but first of all, George Honeyman, um, who. I think if, if you sort of when the owners came in in January, I was sort of convinced at that point that, okay, these sorts of players, these high-caliber high, high caliber players, I guess, in the sense that they're highly rated within the club. So, you know, your, your Alfie Jones, your, your Doherty, your Honeyman, your Greaves, all those sorts of guys who are sort of that top echelon of players at the club will be looked after, they'll get their deals re-signed, that will kind of protect the value of those players. And Honeyman, I thought, was sort of a Monty for getting a like a a contract extension Um, and it sounds like we offered him two contracts which he turned down both of them and he also had a few interesting comments where he sort of said you know it's all right saying they want to keep you but it's about offering you stuff and that and there wasn't anything stupid so as in I I sort of took from that and it could be me reading into it that you look at players like Seri coming in, Tufan coming in, other guys like that and the wages they're on and I don't think Honeyman probably wouldn't have thought that he's going to get the same sort of wage, but it's probably just the gulf in in um, offers yeah. between what he was being offered and what they're reportedly getting. And you can sort of understand him making that move to Millwall.
1: Yeah, I think um, a combination of, you know, uh, probably not being able to the, uh, upgrade is the, the value of his contract as much and probably also like the, what would have been a very significant reduction in playing time um, in all likelihood. Uh, yeah you know if these are the men that Shotter has the, and the club brought in that because they want well then at least for a little while unless they don't pick up any form at all you would imagine that you know tufan will be starting the season and, and you know in the starting 11 for those first you know month couple of months just so that would have um been a pretty pretty big uh, reduction from you know our energizer bunny 90 minutes week in week out um, the honeymoon that we knew, but uh, yeah, like I guess he's probably one again that I, or that I sort of agree with you he's probably the most, dis- I think the most disappointing loss really of those um, contextually because um, I thought yeah 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 he, there's uh, like with Lewis Potter I I, I think you know potentially timing wise in his career maybe not though, not right but I think also like. That amount of money and that opportunity, it's hard to yeah, that's right. say no to. But um, to go to basically, like, to go to a club that's not arguably, I mean, sure, they finish higher than us last year in the war, but.
0: I, I think they'd have the same targets this season as well. Yeah, though. like, so, it's yeah, yeah, no better.
1: Arguably not in any like, better yeah. position. Um, it's sort of just like a sideways move. Really. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess they. He'll get the game time that he wants. I can't imagine that, like, even then, like, to say that the wages that they will offer will be significantly better than what we were is is. I mean, hard. I I guess hard to say, but like, championship wages are championship wages, not like Millwall's are. Yeah, I think I I saw that.
0: I think they saw. I saw they were offering about fifteen thousand a week. I I feel like it's probably more than
1: that. So it's a lot more than probably what we. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs)
0: So maybe it's because of that. Yeah, so that's probably a bit of a disappointing one. Um you sort of alluded to him, him there um Lewis Potter's probably the, the most recent one and and in some ways the most predictable in other ways I mean we sort of held out hopes that we'd we'd hold on to him at least for the summer and and sort of like Bowen we held on to him for the summer and then sold him in January. Um you can't really fault him making the move. I think I think the only thing I'd say is um it'll be interesting to see the role he plays in Brentford squad this season. I think they've given him the number 9 shirt so I'm sort of surprised by that i mean it shows it I, mean, I mean he's, he's already a, scored
1: for him so yeah he's, he's off to a flyer
0: yeah that's right so so look all power to him i don't hold i don't hold a grudge with him at all mm-hmm. for wanting to go pr- to prove himself he's given us a significant boost to our transfer budget as well with that 16 million pound sale um i i think it'll be interesting and we'll sort of talk about it later when we talk predictions but it'll be interesting to see how we replace his his role in the side because i think there was you know, he only scored, what was it, uh, 12 goals last season in the 46 games, but that was, you know, easily our top goal scorer for the season. He, he bailed us out in games a number of times. He sort of had that ability to just have that flash of brilliance and right. score a goal. Um, I think obviously we're, we're essentially replacing him with Cynic. We've also got Ali in on the other side. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see if they can sort of pick up that that weight of goal scoring that he'll have um, left in the side.
1: Yeah. Um, I think in terms of that, yeah, it's a big it's a big hole, but sort of as we both said, like it, it is certainly hard to, to make too many complaints about his uh departure. Um, I guess I think the thing is like we've already we've I mean we've basically, we basically spent the sixteen million before it's even gone, um, which has allowed I think um interesting for the club but they made contact with the afl just to check on where they sit in terms of financial regulations and stuff yeah i was coming in the purchases they've made and i guess like where because i would have thought we'd be pretty much break even yeah which is i I would think the same but i guess like maybe they just want to clarify so they don't get themselves into trouble yeah Yeah, so just like like clarify like you know if well, we bring in 16, can we spend 16 or like whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, and, and it so. could also
0: be, it could be the AFL after Derby just being a bit twitchy and seeing new mm. owners spending a lot of money just wanting to make sure everything's, up, you know, going fine and yeah. it could just be a routine thing like that.
1: And I assume that probably also sort of indicates that there's all the rumours going, that there's still more incomings to come. Mm. So I assume it's maybe going like, well, we have spent this much and we do want to spend more. Are we going to like get in trouble if yeah. we keep spending um, yeah. and prove, I guess, that they've got the the finance and everything just to like have that conversation at least. But um, it's been, it's been an, an interesting, uh, even just without even talking about those that have come in, it's been a crazy, um, crazy, uh, yeah, departure. And I dare say there'll be a few more that will probably go. There's a, some of yeah, those that's right. very I mean, fringe buyers that
0: yeah, we like we haven't to talked to about, it. I think, that. I mean, Moncur left to go to, um, uh, well, where was it? It was a League Two club that I've already forgotten the name of. Um, was it Cambridge? I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Um, and uh, and I think Cannon will probably go as well and a few others. like, like Wilkes obviously still being linked to Chef, Chef Wednesday as well. Um, potentially Tyler Smith going out on loan. I'm, I'm I'm actually pretty happy to keep him in the squad, to be honest. I think talking about Eves before yeah. being quite similar to Best Opinion, think in in a similar sort of way well opposite sort of way smith is quite different so it's actually like a different option that we can yeah. throw up front if we need it as well so um yeah i mean just on lewis potter i mean it, it's it's a it's a sad one in a way because you look at guys like him and greaves as sort of hullborn players and mm. and wanting them to sort of lift and rise with the side um and i think i like it's hard to put myself in lewis potter's shoes but you think like new owners a whole bunch of investment Surely you want to stay with the club, see if you can push them into the Premier League, and kind of become like a, a hero of the club. And then you've got a Premier League move with your own home homegrown club, really. But um, yeah,
1: it's
0: a tough one, I guess.
1: Yeah, I get that, but I guess it's also it's pretty risky, like in, in the football and career. You never know what can happen. And I think you, I think he's made realistically made the right choice in just taking the opportunity that was presented. Because the worst thing could be to like have. to not take that to to take the risk Mm -hmm. of staying with City, you know try and take us up and be the hero and us not go up or him get like ACL injuries or something crazy or um like have a Ryan Mm Mason-esque situation where you know out of nowhere your career's ended so I think like if you factor in all the like I mean it's just a game of possibilities really like what 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 if and what could go wrong but I think you sort of do have to look at some of those situations and go, well, if this happens, like, not only do I, am I like out of a career, but I'm also not met like I've, I've lost out on a big payday money that could, you know, keep me fed for, for years, keep the family happy for, yeah. for years. So I think there's, yeah, there's so many factors that, that go into it, but overall, he's hopefully done the right thing.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um,
1: As long as he's happy with his his decision, then it doesn't really matter at the end of
0: the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, look, we'll we'll move on to the more exciting aspect of the uh, squad turnover in the summer, which has been the incoming players, starting with a couple of familiar faces who we did have on loan last season in uh, Baxter and um, Ali returning on, well, semi-permanent deal for Baxter with that option to buy, basically suggesting that he'll be our player come the following summer. Um, and then, of course, Ali signing on a, on a pretty big four four year deal with an option for a further year. Um, I mean, we we signed Cartwright to a um, an extension. We'll talk about that later on as well. Was um, a four plus one as well. But I can't think of too many essentially five year deals that we've handed out in recent years. So that's a um, a very big sign of confidence in Ali, and I think pretty well founded given the uh, the form he showed in the second half of last season, and is already showing in um, a couple of the preseason games
1: yeah um it's good to see Baxter Baxter come back for starters um I think those between Baxter and Ingram that means we i mean when they showed both showed last year that they're two top quality goalkeepers and I think they seem to work well as as a as a partnership really pushing each other um to the limit I think they both know the the quality that the other possesses so they know they have to stay on their toes and and push themselves as as best they can um and and like sort of if, if one's out I think you still have a really strong goalkeeper who can who can step in um, yeah and, and it's and not always been that the case where you've got a, a you know sometimes we've had a really strong first but the backup's being pretty like yeah but I think we've yeah. got good 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 go on there yeah and, 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 and
0: Cartwright, Cartwright going out on loan to Peterborough as well gives him a, a solid season of um, first team experience in league one and, and gives us a third option really looking forward
1: yeah I think actually that was i Fully forgot that was a really good. I think that was a really good move. Um, that was done really nice and early, which is which yeah. is good. Allowed him to go out and and do preseason and everything with them. Um, you know, a familiar manager. He's obviously you know obviously worked with Grant before, so that um, makes things pretty a little bit easier for some of those first like um, senior loans out. So I think um, yeah, it'd right. be good to see how that goes, and hopefully he gets hopefully he gets um, some can force his way into contention there and get some game time this season.
0: Yeah. No doubt. Um, And then, yeah, Ali Ali coming in as well, permanent deal. Um, I think they were saying it's like a £3 million fee. I think with these ones, like Ali, uh, fan as well, I don't know about Cynic. I think with a lot of those, they're quite cheap up front, but then I think the selling club will have like a 50% sell-on fee, which I don't mind too much because I think it basically means that there's very minimal risk for us because if we sell the player at a loss, then we don't have to give them any Mm. fee. If we sell them at a massive profit, then we get a share of that profit as well, anyway. And we've paid—we've we, like—it's a smaller risk for us because we've outlaid much less upfront.
1: Yeah. Look, I, um, Ali's signed the most drawn-out saga, I think, in a while. Like we all knew it was coming, and they just—they just. They just yeah, there was a few of those, wasn't there? Do announcements. It was real weird. Yeah. Um, but no, really glad to have him back. I think um, once he got up to speed. Last, and he actually managed to do that really quickly. I think for a player, his first for the first time in England in a championship. So, um, I'm really excited to see you know him have a full season under his belt and see how many goals he can score and how much trouble he can cause. Because as you alluded to, he's already um, he's been pretty good in the preseason games so far.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we also signed Figueiredo on uh, on a free signing from Nottingham Forest, who, of course, lined up against us in that final game of the season, a um, two-year deal with an option for a further year as well. Um, well, I mean, we've been saying for 12 months now, 18 months, that we just needed an experienced centre-back to add to the squad because we had such a young central defending um lineup, really. And I know we were sort of fixated, well, I was sort of fixated on uh, Curtis Davies potentially returning to the club, but um, plenty of... You know, great options out there as this signing has shown. Um, looks like he's slotted in really seamlessly. Looked really good in that game against Van Um, I saw that. You know, that clip of him getting sort of smashed into the hoardings, and he just sort of stands up without flinching. And you're like, yeah, that's the sort of the sort of centre back that you really want at the you know centre of your defence. Um, so it looks a, it looks a really great pickup as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you, as you said, it's been a couple of years of saying, what do we want out of a transfer? Oh, we just want to like a good, solid, experienced centre-back to, to help guide, you know, these these other young players we've got. So we finally made it happen. Um, and, I mean, he looks good so far and obviously, you know, played his role in a, in a team that performed very well last season. So um looking forward, again, to see how he goes through the season and how I think his experience and and knowledge will help you know, guys like Grease and McLaughlin and Jones really develop and hone their craft in in the centre of defence.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think along with Sari, it's interesting to see us kind of getting in a couple of promotion winners to to, to have around that squad and to, to, um, if nothing else, obviously play a big role in the side themselves, but also just to give, as you say, that guidance and experience to these younger players and how to manage games, how to sort of last through the season, focus through the season, um as, you know as people's attention or at uh, energy levels or whatever might drop and, and keep them focused and keep them pushing um i think will be quite invaluable experience um also signed ozan tufan who i think i was trying to look it up because i was like i'm sure that like i sort of half jokingly mentioned him at some point when i was looking at like turkish players in the premier League back in january when i was like oh well you know there's soyonchu at leicester and then i was like oh there's this Two fun guy, Watford, I'd never really heard of him. Um, and, and we've got him in, um, three-year deal with an additional year as a club option, um, 65 appearances for the Turkish national team. Granted, the most recent appearance was a bit over a year ago, but it's um, still, you know, no slouch to get that many appearances for a reasonable European uh, national side. Um, didn't have the greatest of spells with Watford. I think a few concerns around his fitness, things like that. Hard to hard to know how much to read into that in terms of his character, just because that Watford side was such a mess at that point. Um, but obviously, kind of you know still struggling for a bit of fitness and and, and sharpness this pre season, but uh, potentially a pretty good pickup.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's sort of like the jury's still out a little bit. Uh, obviously, like obviously possesses talent and like some some level of mind for the game, but that. Fitness is is certainly what's holding him back at the moment this morning in the in the Leicester game. He had some really nice touches and, and did some some good stuff, uh free kick that was 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 pretty good, bent it up and over the wall and down and but just you know pulled it wide. But then you also saw like moments where you just couldn't keep up with the pace of the game and that's probably the biggest concern um in a long championship season again that uh you know, whether he can get up to fitness and, and maintain that
0: uh, you know across across the forty six games. Yeah, and two. I mean, we, we haven't not really, really talked about Treore, who who was injured about five minutes into his first training session. But between Treore and Tufan, it's probably what adds to my frustration about Honeyman because I just feel like having someone like Honeyman on the bench or as a as a rotation option for these guys to to sort of ease them into the season or to give them a rest through through the season if their fitness isn't up to it. Would be so perfect. So, um, I mean, obviously we've still got Greg Doherty. We've got others who can also fill in that role. Um, Slater as well, who I, I'm sort of backing to have quite a big season um, as well. Um, but yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how two fans settles into the side. Um, well, probably. Oh, the next are probably the two most exciting, at least in my opinion, signings that we've made, um, starting with Jean-Michel Seri signing on a free transfer from Fulham. It was one of those that was sort of on again, then off again, then on again signings where we were first sort of linked. And I was like, oh, uh, you know, here we go. It's in that sort of realm of the, the Yilmaz and the, the you know, um, other sort of wild names we were getting linked to in January that, oh, look, it's a nice sort of pipe dream, but it's never going to actually happen then it seemed like it was quite likely to happen and then it was very likely not to happen and then it was very likely to happen again and he actually signed. So um, what what was your sort of take on it and and, and how excited or how interested are you in, in seeing him play for us?
1: Um, look, it was, as you sort of said, like a bit of a wild ride. Um, you know, yeah, he was at f- first mentioned and you go, well, he just got, it was sort of similar to the, but, yeah, like to say we, you know, just got promoted. What, like, um, you know, he's obviously going to command a pretty high wages. Do, do we really, are we really going to be able to afford that? Like, how? What? We don't really have a great negotiating position. First, someone of his caliber, apart from, I guess, how convincing Asun really is. Um, but then he, yeah, as you said, then he, then he was at, came, at the training ground and hanging around and looking at stuff, and oh. Uh-huh kids the Wife and the kids are checking out the local schools, and like, oh well maybe this is actually. And then all of a sudden they're off to Italy because they don't yeah. like, you know, Hull's are good enough. They got to go bougie old Italy, check out the good schools over there, or something. I don't know. But then, and you went, like, oh well, you know, I can't remember if it was Juventus or some, probably not Juventus, but whoever.
0: Yeah, I, can't I don't. I don't actually think the club was named. Oh, I think they just said actually? I was going to sign for a club in Italy. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, but. Um, and then, oh, no, sorry, I think Juventus because we just had that meeting with them. Yeah, right, the yeah, yeah. The, the Um Again, as soon as it was sort of like, oh, Italy, you're well, I guess that's the end of that. And then all of a sudden he's back in and signed and announced and you go, know, what the... F-? But um, from what, a, like, I mean, obviously from seeing him play last season um, and then it, so far in the pre-season, one that really gets me excited, um, you know, I, I mean, sure, a couple of rusty errors have been made over a couple of preseason games, but I think like really gives me uh, like mobile Huddleston vibes. Yeah, like he's very, you know, very good on the ball, uh, very like smart passes, um, but actually sort of has the legs to really get around and 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 make a make a nuisance of himself. So I think. He's sort of, I think, really going to be one of the key um, key players. He's going to be the conductor in the middle of the park, really pulling the strings and keeping the ball moving and keeping the play moving. So if he can build up a bit of, you know, a relationship with the players around him and, and gel into that squad, and um, then I think we've, we've made a really smart sign I and mean, we could do some damage this season.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, here in Australia in the A-League, we have marquee players that signed for the A-League sides. And I feel like he is our marquee player because I feel like before he signed for us, whether it was players that we were approaching or rival fans or pundits or whoever, probably looked at us and thought, oh, look, you know, that's cute. They're trying to make a sort of a push for promotion. They're buying, you know, they're getting a free centre-back from Forest. They're getting a couple of players back that they had last season. Oh, that's nice. Good on them. And then they and we signed Jean-Michel Seri, and you think any pretty much any side in the or any literally any side in the championship, if if he walked up to their door and said, "Can I play for your club this season?" They would be begging him to play for Mm -hmm. them, like he is a quality player that walks into any side in this division. So to, to sign for us, it's a real statement of intent, and I think it shows players that are considering joining us that we actually mean business and that we're actually the real deal, and we're not just sort of. Signing a few players from the other side of Europe that no one's really paid much attention to, we're actually signing good quality players that will take us up this division. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think he's that he's that player. Like you know, you listen to podcasts and, so, and, and stuff, they just go, "Wow, you know, it's actually it's actually a remarkable signing." So, yeah, very excited to see what he can do for us this season. Yeah, I think that's, that's,
1: that's, it's, his signing has slashed our odds for like playoffs and promotion <laughs> things as well, which is. It's just yeah. crazy.
0: No, no doubt. Um, the other one that I'm really excited for is um, Oscar Estepinion up front for us. Um, signed on a free transfer from uh, Victoria de Guimaraes in uh, Portugal. Scored 15 goals in 28 appearances for them last season, which was only 11 goals less than Darwin Nunes. And I say only, I mean, yes, it's 11 goals less, but Nunes has just gone to Liverpool for close to £100 million. So um, to, to be, I think it was like fifth or sixth top scorer in that division. So, you know, the equivalent of signing like, I don't know, Jamie Vardy or something from Leicester on a free transfer. I mean, not that the Portuguese leagues is good as the Premier League, but sort of that standing of um, golden boot. Um, three-year deal with an option for another year, He's 25 years old. So a lot of potential still in him um, could, could really be that prolific striker that we've been sort of looking for, for, for quite some time. And, uh, I think I saw the comparison. I mean, he's a Colombian striker. The last striker we had from South America was um, Abel Hernandez who didn't do too badly in the championship.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, Oscar is definitely one to be excited about. I think the couple of showings he's now had in pre-season, particularly this morning, he was really, really impressive with, for, for a big lad, lots of mobility, works really hard up there, um, and makes and smart choice, you know smart decisions. Knows when to um, when to press, when when to sit back and just and hold his position, um, and you know when when to get involved. But interesting comment from this from this morning's game was that uh, unlike some of our previous centre forwards, you know Magenis, Eves, those kind of guys who, when things are getting tough, have you know dropped in to to try and help out the midfield or whatever. Uh, Oscar and Ali very specifically it looks like um, this morning have been told you're not dropping back you need to stay up top be an outlet be there to actually move forward which is um, a good I think it's a good change because it means that I mean just that we, we actually have an outlet but we win that ball back in the middle and you just have to trust that you know you know Sarah of Greaves, whoever is going to be able to win that ball back and play it out um, and if you've got no one up there then then what what can you do and if you've got both of them up there then you've got Oscar and a nice big target man to, to, to win it hold it up you know flick it on play it through something for Ali who then has all the, the pace and trickery to to, to run it run a defenses or run past defenses so um, interesting tweak I think in uh, you know in, in tactic and style there but uh, I think it's I think it's good and I think you know Oscar Uh, shows lots of smart smarts around the box and i think he'll be yeah i think he'll be really dangerous i wouldn't i think I, i mean i'm not won't be surprised if he hits double figures this this season
0: yeah i saw there was um i didn't actually read the twitter thread but i saw there was a tweet from someone who was assessing like top 10 transfers or top 20 transfers across europe um so far this window and and Estepinion joining joining us was one of the ones that he said this is a one of the best signings that he's seen because like he just rates um, Estopinion so highly and thinks it's such an interesting move. So, yeah, really excited to see what he can do. Um, I'll, I'll touch on a bit. Uh, we'll just talk about Cynic first, but then I do want to talk about the um, potential formation I'm going to play because I do think there's a lot of options now with um, some of these players we've signed. But um, we did announce overnight uh, Doggy Khan, dog, you can Cynic, uh, joining on a, another three-year and, and uh, one-year option for supposedly around £4 million from Antalya Spor, which I feel like might have been the club that Traore came from as well. I, I can't quite remember. But um, he's only 23, so a little bit older than Ali, but a bit younger than um, some of the other players that we've signed. Um, had three goals in 29 for the season for them from, um, from the wing. He's been capped by Turkey in the last couple of months as well. Um, So, in a in a way, I guess you could say he's almost like the Turkish King Lewis Potter. Um, I guess we've sort of tried to say let's do a like for like there, get get an exciting young winger in. Um, uh, Yeah, jury's out a little bit for me on this one. I I haven't seen a whole lot. And granted, it's just, you know, YouTube highlights are just YouTube highlights. Um, But when your YouTube highlights are scoring a goal and then, flipping the video and having the same goal play as if it's from the other wing makes me kind of question, uh, you know, you're sort of scraping the, bottle of the bottom of the barrel to yeah. um, come up with a few highlights for this guy. But look, benefit of the doubt, we'll see what he can do in a city shirt and um, hopefully he can hit the ground running.
1: Look, um, yeah, to be fair, one of the highlights packages that I watched of Ali I was very unimpressed with, that I thought he looked really slow and, and like sluggish and, and not that impressive. But, you know, so... Perhaps it will be one of those occasions where all his best goals just weren't captured on camera. Who knows? Um, But I I think, you know, hopefully, right, the £4 million price tag reflects somewhat his ability. And, you know, we're at least signing players who are in or around like national teams and not, you know, Joe Bloggs from League 2, you know, free transfer from League 2. This time around, um, so I think it, it sort of k- carries on that you know not as big a statement of intent for, as you know Sari, but that same idea that we're you know we're going to spend money and we're going to bring players of quality in. So um, if he's if he falls in line with the other what we've seen from the other players that have been brought in, then I'm probably not really too too worried.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough um, on that one. So so are a winner, winger. Ali can play on the wing. Um, we're also, I mean, Benjamin Tete's sort of in that weird phase that we seem to have with a lot of our signings where he's been pictured in City gear but hasn't been announced yet, uh, who can also play up front, I believe. Um, I'm really interested to sort of think about, uh, so that we've sort of covered the incomings now, but really interested to think about what sort of lineup or formation we're looking at for next season because I think traditionally, well, traditionally, like way back when we were playing the 4-3-3 under, um, under the alums and under Grant McCann, um, we moved to a three at the back last season with a lot of success, um, which was sort of a, I'd say like a three, four, three sort of formation, which um Shota ended up sort of continuing with, but then sort of a bit of talk that his favorite formations 4 three, three as well. Um, but I look at the fact that we've got Estepinion, we've got Tete, we've got um, Ali, who can play up forward as well. And I, and I always, and I look at the lineup this morning where it was basically a three, five, two and when we were initially linked with um, Tete and um, Estepinian a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, I wonder if we're almost, and I probably influenced a little bit by our discussion about Long and Jelovic a couple of weeks ago in our flashback episode, but I thought, I wonder if there is a, a sort of a scope to move back to a three-five-two and actually play those two strikers up front. And it was interesting to see this morning that that was essentially what we tried to play. Yeah, I think it's one of
1: those ones where there's sort of They're still calling it a 3-4-3, but Tufan, I think he's playing like a false nine or whatever. So he's playing in behind then Ali and uh, Oscar this morning. But, uh, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it really was just a 3-5-2, which I don't have a problem with. It seemed to... it's just, I think we we'll were talking about it off air, but that mm. lots of stuff is going really well in in the game so far in preseason. I think defensively across all the games, we actually have been fairly solid. We got caught out a little bit this morning against, but you know, a Premier League side that only just missed out on European football, you know, for another season, and you know, were able to bring on, you know, Jamie Vardy,
0: uh, James Madison, and those sorts of guys. Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, a little bit higher quality than. Um, some of the other games that we've played. But I think um, it's just that final third transition, moving from our midfield to our forwards and, you know, creating, getting down into final third and creating, you know, genuine opportunities is probably still our biggest weakness. Um, But I think also we, I sort of mentioned to you about how it seemed like this morning's game was very much on, developing some routines for future stuff. It wasn't treated as if, like, this is... I mean, because the result doesn't matter. So it's understandable, yeah. but not a game that needed to be won, and so you do what you need to do to win. It was, you know, I think I said that uh, someone had pointed out that Ingram barely, like, sent the ball along at all throughout the game. Every time he had it in his hands, he was rolling it out to to the defenders to, to play it out from the back. So there was a lot of emphasis on that part of the game and, and of quick movements and, and um, quick passing, and a couple of really good... Passage of play once we got into their third, I think Fleming um, late in the game had a good uh, one-two sequence where I think he then got brought down right on the edge of the box of, of Leicester's box. So this it, it is, I think, starting to to happen. The, the football that we want to play is coming, um, but also it's it's a bit of a process when we've brought in um, so many new players. So I think I, I think it'll be that. It looks like the 343 three is sort of what we're probably going to play um but i can't i mean yeah I, I don't i don't think we'll go back to a four at the back i think we just actually seem to be way more comfortable when we have for whatever reason just the the those three um when we, when we play three at the back so i think it'll stay yeah as, as probably as a 343 three moving forward and i think I, I, yeah, as I touched on, I think the football is is getting there and they've obviously worked a lot at some of the, that, uh, the, quick, the quick passing and stuff. And then, and, and, and again, it's having someone like Jean-Marc who can who, who can really help facilitate uh, that style of football.
0: Yeah, and, like, it'll, it'll be interesting playing that, if we are playing that 343, three, that um, you're essentially then saying to one of Cynic, Oscar, Tete, Ali... I guess one of them that they'll be on the bench, which is good. Like we, we were just talking before about the fact that we need that depth and we need those better options off the bench. And you look at our bench this morning; it was quite thin. So having having um, options off the bench be really exciting and promising. Um, I think, as you touched on there, I mean, it's sort of you know, covering all of those preseason games as a whole, as a whole, it's not really a need to go through them one by one. But I think we we're sort of saying before the podcast, it's a really tough. In a a way, it's really good. We've played really high-quality teams, um, probably Malaga aside, Um, and it's hard to know are we struggling because we're playing good sides or are we struggling because we're not very good? So it'll be interesting playing Cambridge and Peterborough this weekend who we should be playing quite well against. And I'd sort of hope that, um, granted that we're going to be splitting the side across the two games, I'd be sort of hoping that, yes, for the Leicester game it was all about getting the processes right, but I'd almost be saying for those two games that, treat these games as if there's three points on the line mm. and let's go for it and see what we're like in match conditions yeah. so that if there are any kinks in the system, we can iron them out. Um, I think – do we have the League Cup game before the first game of the season? I I, can't, I feel like it falls before it. Um, I am up. unsure. I'll look but... that up. But um, whether, we, whether we have that chance before the season starts or if it's just after it – I'm just looking it up now. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, no, it's not till two games into the season. So – Basically, these are our sort of dress rehearsals for the um, Bristol City game, um, but just needing that creative output in in midfield. So um, it's it's been a bit of a struggle over pre season. Like we scored those two goals against Malaga from the corners, and we got the third granted from a, a great sort of shot from Coyle. But um, it's um, it's yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how we shape up for the start of the season, what what formation we take. Um, and even who makes the starting 11 I mean we haven't talked about so new contracts for for Fleming and Ingram um, and yet elder apart from this morning elder's been almost the preferred option at left back so or left wing back so um, uh, that's going to be an interesting battle as well I think between elder and Fleming
1: yeah it'd be interesting to see how that um, plays out because I thought elder was um, pretty good in the in the other games that I've seen him play and then it sort of looked like maybe he was uh you know, ahead in the race, and then Fleming started this morning. When Money came, came on into centre mid, in. so I wonder, because of personnel issues, or whether that's you know maybe he's shown something in training that means that the little bit of versatility there allows him to to step into a couple of different roles. But um, I can't see how he'd really be a preferred option yeah. in 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 the midfield. But um, it might have also just been that he is seen as someone who needs who's more likely to be involved in first team and needs more minutes than, you know, Vaughn Koval or someone like that who, while talented, is probably gonna spend, you know, obviously more time in the under twenties than in the first team.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, all right. Well to wrap up this podcast, we'll do our customary predictions. Um, we'll get more predictions from the boys on next week's episode as well so we can try and get a good uh, good spread of um, predictions from the whole panel. But um, I'll kick you off with one that we've we've sort of already touched on and I probably already know your answer to this one. But
1: uh, what's your prediction for top goal scorer? See, this is... see. I know earlier I predicted that Oscar would get double figures. But then I looked at that and I went... I'm actually unsure. I'm sort of torn between Ali and Oscar. Um, and I I think I'm actually going to go Ali. I think I'm going right. to put Ali as, as top goals for
0: it. Rough, rough estimate, sort of 15 goals, you reckon?
1: Uh. 12 15, maybe something like that yes
0: yeah yeah um yeah i'll go i'll go oscar i just i'm i'm excited to see him play i'm i'm hoping i feel like we've signed a lot of those sorts of big man strikers and they don't seem to work out so i'm hoping that we finally um um cracked it and we've got a a good one in the building so hopefully he can um score quite a few for us um player that will improve the most over the season. Um, I guess this is a bit of a tricky one. There's so many new players that can't really don't really have a base to improve from. But um do you have a stab for this one?
1: Um I I kind of almost want to twist your interpretation of this a little bit, um and say docky, but based on last season's yeah, uh, you know. Performances, which were probably below what we expected, and by all accounts below what he expects of himself. So he seems fairly primed for a big season. So, and yes, it's going to be a challenge to to force his way into that midfield. He's vying essentially with uh, over Slater and, and Seri really for those two sort of holding uh, midfield spots. But I, I honestly, I feel like he's he's in for a big a big season.
0: I'm I'm going to twist it as well slightly then if if you've twisted it I'm going to go with two two fan in the sense that he started from such a low fitness base literally but also just from um maybe like a, a poor last season with Watford and maybe poor sort of expectations on him as a result and so I'm going to back him to to really come good I think it's a weird sort of comparison given what I've just said, because I was gonna say I, I feel like he's kind of like Ben Arthur when he came here. And Ben Arthur said, I just need to be somewhere where I'm loved. I just need to have that. And he didn't work out. So I'm I'm not comparing him in that sense, but Tufan feels like that sort of player who's had a really bad experience at his last club. He needs to go somewhere where he's supported and loved and, and has that encouragement. And um, I think I think you'll get that here with Azun and, and and Kessler and, and Schotter as well. Um, so I'm going to back him to have a uh, a really good season and actually sort of surprise a few people, including myself. Like, I think when he first signed, I was a bit a bit sceptical, but um, I'm going to back him in on that one. Um, best summer signing. Um, this can be sort of on, any, on any, any metric. It doesn't have to be based on top goal score or anything like that, but who, who do you think is going to end up being the best summer signing?
1: Uh, I I think it's really hard to go past sari i really just i just think from what i've seen he actually just feels way he's way above where the other signings are in terms of performance levels already um you know and and he just he honestly looks like a player who doesn't belong in that squad
0: yeah (laughs) hopefully
1: you know hopefully you know the rest we, we all it all gels together and then he looks you know, or he looks like a part of the squad, or everyone else looks like they
0: should be a part of his team, or something. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, look, I'm probably going to have to agree. I'll go Sari as well. I think, I think, um, sort of talking about two that sort of in for a big season, and Oscar probably going to be golden boot winner. Oh, sorry, uh, leading goal scorer for the club. I mean, if he wins the golden boot, that'd be fantastic as well. But I think, as you say, I think Sari is such like sort of a head and shoulders above the rest of the squad, and and he's playing that role in the side where. I think the comparison to Huddleston was a really good one that you made where he'll kind of control and and orchestrate our our game. Um, And so there's a a lot resting on his shoulders in that sense, but I think he's got that quality to really take us up that next level. So I think he'll certainly be a great signing for us. Um, Just like we did last season, um, biggest red flag after a month, what would you be worried to see after a month? Uh,
1: Probably exactly what i think i said last season and probably what i say almost every season which is no goals after a month i I, honestly i think like based on preseason and and how we performed even last season i thought our defense has been really really good um so i think and as we touched on before that transition to attack is probably the weakest part of our play at the moment so i think no goals or like i don't know how many games we have in the first month but if we've only scored, you know, one or two goals across, you know, four or five games, you know, or six games, including like cup games or whatever, then I'd be pretty concerned, I think, um, in that regard.
0: Yeah, seven games in the first month because of the World Cup. So we're getting games crammed in yeah, um, absolutely everywhere. Um, yeah, I'm, I was thinking along the same lines and then I thought I'm going to flip it um, from last year and actually say if we start conceding a lot of goals, because um, our defense was so strong last season, I think if we're conceding a lot of sloppy goals, um, sort of like that first season under Grant, where we take the lead or we do pretty well for half a game and then we'd like concede two late goals and lose games, um, I think that'd be a red flag to me because I think the defense being such a strong part of the side, if we lose that aspect of the side, unless we're you know winning games four three that sort of thing, I mean that's that's, that's what that's what Ajun wants, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I think if, we, um, if we're if we starting to concede a lot of goals, that would concern me because I don't know if I back our forwards to sort of compensate for that. Um, and then the big one to finish off, where do you see us finishing the season?
1: Um, <clears throat> realistic me says top half, seventh to twelfth or something like that. Uh, hopeful me optimistic me says, uh, top six.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm sort of the same. I think the way I put it at the end of last season was if I come out of this season, disappointed that we haven't made the playoffs, that'll mm. do me because if we're in that sort of battle, but yeah, like, like, yeah, that sort of fifth to 10th sort of half bracket. It's like not the top six. It's not the top half, but it's like, yeah, like you're saying, like around that sort of area would be great. Um, I think it's a really open season. I think, you know, more than most championship seasons, there's no real standouts for um, automatics or anything at the moment. So if a couple of these signings really hit the ground running, if, you know, Estepinion has like five goals after the first month and Cynics, you know, on fire, supplying assists and two fans, you know, firing in free kicks, then like who's to say that we can't kind of get on a roll and do really well. Yeah. So, um it's going to be a pretty exciting season, that's for sure. So, look, thanks for joining me. It's been a pretty, pretty um, bumper episode. There's been a lot, a lot of players to cover that have joined the club. It's been, as you started the episode by saying, it's been a pretty wild summer so far.
1: Yeah, um, it has, and I'm sure it's not done yet. So, um, here's to talking about some more signings in the coming episodes.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Here's once Ted announced, yeah, Ted probably
1: probably on in a couple of days before or after the the Cambridge and Peter games.
0: Yeah, that's right. He'll probably be, you know, warming up with the side before one of those games, and then the club will announce it afterwards, or, or that sort of thing. It's, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know why that is. I don't know. Is it work permits, or it's got to be something? But it's um, very strange. But uh, and you look, maybe we, we still got to sneak in the Traore announcement as well. I'm I'm wondering yeah. if we're just going to do it in the um when we when when you have to lodge your squad list at the you know end of the window. I wonder if we'll just have Traore on there and not even announce it.
1: I, I feel know. like as Aj- the media mogul he must yeah. have he must have there must be some reasoning behind this he's, he's got it all figured
0: out i, I feel like with trey because he's out till christmas I, I wonder if we're almost just gonna like announce him at the start of january and be like hey it's a, it's a brand new signing it's just like yeah okay um we'll see how we go but uh look you know, thanks for joining me for this one dan it's been a yeah, big awesome. one but um a good one um <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh look thank you everyone for for tuning in for our first episode of the season we'll be back next week to preview that bristol city game round up any other signings in the meantime and uh, look ahead to the real thing but until then come on city you've been listening to the official hull city australia podcast the tigers down under for more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Ops. The music was created by Amber Black. Oh, the city's on fire the burning
1: desire Tigers are roaring at destiny's calling Cause now is the time
0: Yeah, the city's on fire
1: There's no turning back, cause you're out.